Home is where God is. That's right. And Uncle Luke, he's here to show us the way to go home. This week, oh, we got a good one. Black girl will judge. Come on in. Let's check it out. Luke chapter 11, verse 29 to chapter 12, verse 10. All the bubbas of the world. We got one mission in mind. Welcome to the Biblical Channel. Always glad somebody is showing up. we got one simple mission here, and that is to reach all the Bubbas of the world. I'm a Bubba. You're a Bubba. We're all Bubbas. Nobody's special if everybody's special. And uh, uh, the quicker we come to that realization, the better off we're all going to be. But anyhow, listen, as a Bubba and an average Bubba, I know this. I know this. People need to read their Bible, say their prayers, and get together and talk God. It's just that simple. Get a beer, talk God. There's a song, I think, that says that. That's what we ought to be doing, and it should come natural to us because the, God gives us a, a whole book full of fantastic stories. He gives us lots to talk about, and then we get all weird on them, and then we don't talk about it. So this channel is dedicated to all the bubbles of the world, whether you're a girl or whether you're a boy. It doesn't, does not matter. All the bubbles of the world, let's start talking God. And we all want to uh, you know, get to the point where we sound like Mary, and we say that my, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And we want to understand why Jesus would tell us to pray like this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptations. Why would he teach us how to pray? Why Do we understand? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to the uh, to the heart of the matter. But anyhow, we got a great story coming up here that Uncle Luke's going to give us. Jesus actually created this story, and uh, we're going to do a dive. Let's do it. Let's uh, not waste any more time. Uh, <clears throat> so this is a long passage, Luke chapter 11, verse 29 the whole way down to Luke chapter 12, verse 10. And I'm just going to read um, uh, the opening couple paragraphs so you get the gist of, of where this thing is going. And then I'll read the last couple paragraphs. And then the in-between stuff, we'll talk about it. Uh, but I'll leave some of this uh, on your own reading. But anyhow, the crowds are increasing. Luke chapter 11, verse 29. The crowds are increasing. Jesus said, this wicked generation, <laughs> it asks for a sign but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Yeah, for as Jonah was a sign from, uh, to the Nip, Nip, Ninevites, sorry, uh, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now someone greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a place where it'll be uh, hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand for those to, who come by may see the light. Your eye is like a lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, uh, your body is full of light. But when your eyes are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and not part of the dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. All right. Let your light shine. That's your light shine. Okay, then this passage, you know, keeps going on, and Jesus gets into, he opens a whole can of whoop-ass on uh, the Pharisees and the lawyers, uh, which is funny. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, it, this passage finishes by Jesus saying, I tell you, my friends, 
Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you who you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has the authority to throw you into hell. Uh, Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Anyone um, or everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Bam. There's how it ends on that famous little uh, biblical verse. Blaspheme the Holy Spirit and you're not being forgiven. What's he mean by that? Let's go back to the top and see how this whole thing gets going. Um, So this whole thing gets going after, you know, and if you didn't listen to last week, we just keep going through Uncle Luke here and, and telling the stories as Jesus tells the stories. And as Uncle Luke presents these stories to us, and I encourage you to see all the app apostles and disciples, all the characters in the Bible as your aunts and uncles, their family. They're here to see uh, that you get the best information possible to interact with the stories just as they interacted with them. So anyhow, that's why we call it Uncle Luke. Um, But the crowds are increasing now, okay? And, and, uh, you know, Jesus creates quite the stir, and we've seen that over and over again. But now that the crowds have increased, Jesus, well, he kind of lays them out. He says, uh, this is a wicked generation. You know, it's just the hardcore truth of the matter. If you're a fun sucker, then you can't handle hearing that you're part of this wicked generation. Jesus would not change his language today. Nothing, you know, I do believe things have gotten better and always will get better. But on the other hand, the same old bad stuff is still a month uh, uh, in the middle of us. So, but th- what's really on view here is that Jesus says people want signs. His own audience and people, and we saw this in last week's passage, people want signs. Give me another sign. Give me another sign. Hey, Jesus, give me another sign, then I'll believe. Jesus is like, man, I am not giving you another sign. This is, you know, you're ridiculous. I do signs and wonders as I see fit, says Jesus. I am not going to be at your beck and call telling me to give me a sign so you believe. Jesus says, in fact, here's something for you. You may want signs and wonders, but that'll never satisfy you. Jesus says, How, give this for a try. God gave you a whole book of signs and wonders. You know, people. Uh, people that actually had signs and wonders given to them. Read those stories. If you want signs and wonders, read the stories. If you want signs and wonders, read your Bible. If you want signs and wonders, that's where you go. And so Jesus says, God gave you a whole book of these signs, and what are the people doing? They're just shrugging. They're like, you know, well, I don't like to read. <laughs> I don't like history. I hear that old, that, that old trope all the time. I don't like to read. I don't like to read either. But I don't want to be stupid. So anyhow, um, I, you know, listen, we are still that wicked generation um, that Jesus is identifying. We have not changed much. We, we still have the same dumb arguments. We still have the same dumb things to say. We still have the same dumb thoughts. We still treat each other the same dumb way. We have not invented really anything new under the sun. Um, and it's all going the way it usually does. We are 
a fun sucker kind of generation. Jesus is dealing with the crowds who are fun suckers who are saying, oh, show me another sign. Wow, 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 wow. Well, anyhow, Jesus um, turns out likes the Bible. Yeah, turns out Jesus likes the Bible. Jesus even likes the part of the Bible about the big fish that embarrasses everybody. And Jesus also likes the part of the Bible that tells you about a black girl that comes from the South. Yeah, she's the queen. The queen of Ethiopia, the queen of Sheba. Jesus turns out likes the story about the black queen coming from down south in Ethiopia up to see Solomon. So Jesus likes the big fish story. And Jesus likes the black girl story, you know. So what is he talking about? Because that's what he's talking about. He says, listen, uh, go read your Bible. You know, read the one about Jonah, Jesus says, you know, because Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites. And, uh, well, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. And the Queen of the South, she rose, uh, she will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. So it turns out the Queen of Sheba, the Queen of the South, biblically speaking, was on track. So be like her, Jesus is saying, because she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh are going to stand up in judgment because they actually repented. They actually got it. They they actually were in a better place than this generation is. Hey, same news for this generation. So Jesus does turn out to like the Bible. Um, the Bible that he uh, had, he did have a Bible. And he read the Bible. He was a reader as well. He showed up at synagogue. He learned how to read, um, which is a cultural phenomenon with the people of Israel. By and large, they are readers. Well, they got lots of people that don't like to read, just like there's always people don't like to read. But, but very few cultures have ever taken reading so seriously as Israel did. And Christians later will take reading very seriously. Why? Because that's where the action is. That's how God speaks to all of us. He gives us a book for us all to go to and then to sort it out. And that's what we're doing here at the Biblical Channel. So, you know, what Jesus is, is really, you know, pointing them to is, hey, why don't you go? I am sure the story of Jonah was just as embarrassing to them as it is to us, you know, and, and I am absolutely exhausted by the fun suckers of this world who talk about how they used to be a Christian. I have heard this. Listen, I have literally heard this in academic circles, you know, and, you know, smarty pants circles and just average dumb people circles, you know, where they say, oh, yeah, I used to be a Christian until I got to that part with the big fish. And that's ridiculous. So I can't I can't come to the Bible because of the big fish story. <laughs> Give me a break. You're a fun sucker. You don't have nothing better. What's your story? What's the best story you got? Well, I like God's story about the big fish. I think it's funny. I think it's intended to be funny. I got a sense of humor and I just find it to be hilarious. I recommend that you go read it so that you can actually develop a sense of humor. But I am exhausted by this idea that, oh, I used to be a Christian until I came across the big fish story. Hey, listen, we're talking God. God can do anything. He can make a big fish and he can make a big fish swallow a guy and keep that guy alive, throw him out on the beach, you know, so that he can go do what he was supposed to do to begin with. That's just a funny story. And if you ain't seeing no funny story, and if you can't read funny stories, ha, oh, you are in a bad position. But anyhow, the other funny story that Jesus points you to is the story of God's black girl, the queen of the South, the queen of Sheba. Yeah, 
guess what? She's going to be standing next to God saying, talk to the hand, man. She's going to be like Aretha Franklin in that movie, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, about the blues brothers, you know, she's going to say, thank, she's going to sing that song to you. Thank, thank, think about what you're trying to do to me here. Um, and, and, and listen, listen, commercial break, commercial break. God is elevating this black woman. Jesus is elevating this black woman as someone that you should be like. Well, then stop this fun-sucking nonsense that, that somehow the Bible is racist. That Only people who don't read the Bible could ever say such a thing. And then people say it all the time. And they, they just go run around, oh, yeah, well, I can't believe in the Bible because it's racist. Oh, I can't believe in the Bible because it's got the big fish story. Oh, we've got all kinds of good excuses. What, but, but at the end of the day, you ain't got nothing better. And if Jesus likes it and you don't, well, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because you're going to find some black women saying, whoo, you are playing with fire, my friends. Anyhow, the black girl story comes up in 1 Kings chapter 10. And, and uh, you got to go back and read that because it's a great story. You know, so you, you and, and let me just give, give, give you news. <sighs> people in Ethiopia are extremely dark skinned. In fact, I don't think the people of Ethiopia have any competition when it comes to the darkest skin uh, of people in the world. I'm not a big fan of calling people black or white, but it's what this, uh, our government, you know, likes to do. And it's what our academic so, uh, institutions like to do. I find the whole thing boring. I would, I'm not white. I don't even call myself white. I never w walked into a circle of people who said, Hey, it's good to be with the white people. I never, I, this is dumb to me. And so it's just as dumb to call people black. It's just as dumb to call people brown. It's just as dumb to call people red, yellow, whatever. We're not colors. We're just people. And, and anyhow, the queen of Sheba in first Kings chapter 10, she would definitely have dark skin and, and she is drawn by the wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit to go inquire about this weird Israelite king of this tiny little nation. She is drawn to go up there and check him out because she has heard things. And the reason why she has heard things we can assume is because the Holy Spirit has get, gotten news to her in a real way. People have been talking. This king, Solomon, of, of this little tiny nation in Israel has become interesting to her, and that is how God works in this world. And so she goes up to King Solomon, and this, this, this gal, she grills him. She lays him out. She exhausts him. And at the end of it all, she was exhausted. That's what the story tells you. And she was convinced that Solomon's real attraction and his real source was the real God of the universe. And she acquiesced. And, and, you know, and so Sheba, the queen of Sheba, the queen of the South is the quintessential wisdom lover. And that's why she is drawn to Solomon's God. The same reason why Solomon is drawn to Solomon's God. And, and the same reason all of us should be drawn to Solomon's God and Sheba's God, because they're God lovers. In fact, rumor has it, you know, through, you know, you can't prove this because the Bible doesn't tell you and, and it's hard to work out. But the book of Job might have actually come from the Queen of Sheba. She might have said, hey, listen, we got this story. And I think that fits right in here with, the, with, with uh, you know, everything that I've just learned from you, Solomon. I don't know if that's true. It doesn't matter, though. Queen of Sheba, she's a wisdom lover. And, uh, well, she's a God lover. 
and Jesus thinks that she's great, and Jesus is saying, be like her. So God, Jesus here, is, is exalting this faithful black girl queen of Ethiopia. And God, Jesus here, is exalting the Ninevites who heard the funniest and worst preacher ever, but they came away believing in God and loving God. And, and, and that is the essential point that Jesus is making. He said, you got to start thinking. It's also important to notice that the Queen of Sheba did not come to get miracles. It's also important to know that the Ninevites did not need signs and wonders. None of these characters needed more signs and wonders in order to believe. They just needed the wisdom of God. And they came to God because the biblical revelation of God actually makes good sense. It makes more sense than anything else in this world. <laughs> and, and the only people who don't think so are those without a sense of humor. <laughs> Even some with, without a sense of humor believe it. You know, I, I mean, listen, it's just the good stuff. There's nothing like it. Be proud. You know, get into your Bible. You know, come with the love of God in your heart, and you will get the message right. Well, anyhow, none of these characters needed more signs, and that's Jesus' point in here, too. Also, Sheba, Sheba, it also, if you go back and read that story in 1 Kings 10, you're going to find that Sheba was actually very impressed at how happy even the servants were in Israel. She was impressed at how people were happy, which makes this point. When God's wisdom is actually put into practice, people were happy. And that is not what Jesus is finding. What Jesus is finding is that the leaders of Israel are not like Solomon in Solomon's good days. Um, in fact, the leaders of Israel are, are like Solomon in Solomon's bad days and some of the bad kings. And so Jesus is going to light them up. Jesus is going to throw a carpet bomb into the audience here whenever he starts attacking the Pharisees and the lawyers. And that's what the next section is all about. So the next section, you know, is, is Jesus indeed roasting the Pharisees and, and the um, uh, lawyers, you know, who are also just a theological group, you know. And so Jesus is going to turn his judgments um, onto these sorry sons of beaches, you know, them, you know, them guys. And the crowds love it. They love it. They're like, fight, 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 you know. I mean, so they're not completely on track, I wouldn't say, but, you know, they're just doing what people do when they're in a crowd and they know that somebody's picking a fight and Jesus is picking a fight and Jesus lights them up. He says, listen, you know, you are going to light me up because I don't wash, you know, my dishes and I don't wash my feet and my hands, you know, before I eat. You think that's, you, you, you're you going to tell me the cleanliness is next to godliness? Please, Jesus says, you got to clean your heart, my friend. You clean your heart and you can't clean your heart without God. You need a clean heart. Go check out David, who says, you know, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. That's what needs to be cleaned, not the outside. You wash your feet, wash your hands, who cares? What about your heart? You washing your heart? And then Jesus says, you people, man, you know, you people. He says, you people, you know, you, you give a tenth of your mints and rues and other kinds of garden herbs. But you neglect the justice and the love of God. You see what Jesus is driving at? We got to love God. If we love God, we'll get to the right place. We are the problem. Jesus says, you are the problem. You want pats on the back 
for these tiny little things that cost you nothing. Yo, I give, give a t- I even give a tenth of my mint. Oh, do you? Do you? What do you give to the poor? What What do you contribute to the justice of everybody? Or Jesus continues lighting them up. He's like, you are the problem. You love these important seats. We love pats in the back. We love important seats. We love it. Listen, I had a guy one time, you know, uh, 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 he come in. I, I, I said, hey, pastor, how are you? And, you know, he said, thank you. And I said, well, thank you for what? I just said, hey, pastor, how are you? He said, well, thank you for calling me pastor. I was like, good Lord. Lord have mercy. Is this what's important to you? Titles? And how about those people that insist, you know, they get these little, you know, uh, you know, doctorate degrees and they, they insist that you call them doctor. Ah, no, thank you. That's not my kind of people. But anyhow, that's what people do. And Jesus lays them out again. He's, he, he, he says, you know, um, uh, what, what does Jesus say here? Oh, he says this line here that's really interesting. He says, you people are like uh, an unmarked grave. And, and what that means is is that, you know, he tells the Pharisees, you're like an unmarked grave. The Pharisees are obsessed with being ritually clean. And if you walk on an unmarked grave, well, then you you have become unclean. So it's very important to mark the grave so that you don't become unclean. And Jesus is saying, skip all that. You're like an unmarked grave because people just walk. You just make people unclean no matter where you are. Why? Because you ain't teaching the Word of God. You ain't teaching the love of God. You ain't teaching the justice of God. You ain't teaching people to love God and to treat people justly. That's not what you're doing. In fact, then he turns his attention. Then he turns his attention to the lawyers. And the lawyers come to him and they're like, Teacher, what you say, Jesus, what you say to us makes us feel bad. Boo-hoo. Oh, for Pete's sakes. And Jesus says, Listen, you guys are the worst too. You build tombs for the prophets, but you don't tell the story. And Jesus, in this, endorses the whole Bible. When Jesus says, he says, listen, you're going to be held accountable for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed from Abel to Zechariah. Now, that that Zechariah is not the prophet Zechariah as we know, if you're familiar with the old portion of the Bible and the books therein. No, 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 that's not what's going on there. Jesus has just endorsed the whole Bible by saying the blood of Abel, which is in Genesis, you know, chapter 4, and, and, and this, this Zechariah, which in the way that Jesus' Bible would be organized, the Hebrew Bible was organized with Second Chronicles being the last, and the last prophet to be killed in Second Chronicles is the prophet Zechariah. Go check it out for yourself. But anyhow, what Jesus is saying basically is, is that you're going to be held accountable for everything that God has given you in the Bible, the Bible that Jesus was reading, the Bible that Jesus is endorsing is the Bible. Now, we're going to add on to what the apostles say, too. But he said, you people are pathetic. You, you build these tombs, but you don't tell the real story. You don't tell how Israel killed the prophets. You don't tell how these prophets were not listened to. You don't tell that part of the story, but you build tombs for them for you know ceremonies and things like that. And then he, he, he lights them up again. He, said, he, he says, you have taken away the key to knowledge. Knowledge is power. You empower no one, Jesus says. And Jesus just opens up this can of whoop-ass on the audience. And the crowd is is going to go electric here. They're going to be like, yeah, fight, 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 fight. You know, um, but but the point that Jesus is making here is, is that Sheba, Sheba 
and the Ninevites would not be finding happy people like Sheba found in Solomon's kingdom when she went up to see Solomon. Jesus is pointing to the lawyers and the Pharisees and saying, you are not doing your job. The people are not happy. Nobody, nobody understands God because you don't teach what you're supposed to teach. Jesus lays them out. And he might lay us out, too, for being just as mindless when it comes to God's Word. And that's why we have the Publical Channel here, to, to get us into the right frame of mind. And this is good stuff. I like a good fight, too. You know, So I like it when Jesus you know, picking a fight on these Pharisees and lawyers. But I also have to admit, I can be just like these Pharisees and lawyers. So I need to reread that section and say, man, I can be like that, too. You got a sense of humor. You're never going to get the Bible right. Anyhow, we close out the scene. We close out the scene. Jesus says, uh, friends, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. Be afraid of God. But then he says, don't really be afraid of God because God knows you. If, you know, God knows the, the sparrows that are sold for pennies. He also knows the hairs on your head. The Bible always points to us. Jesus is pointing us to not have a relationship with God through the religious structures, but, he's to, but to have a relationship with God that is direct. He says, go directly to God. God knows you. God loves you. Fear God because he is the judge. He's going to judge you. The people of Nineveh know that. Queen of Sheba knows that. Why don't you know that? You should know that. And if you do know that, then great. Fear God because he is going to judge. But don't be afraid of him because this is the same God who knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the hairs on your head and he cares about you at that level. So get it right. Both things are true. You need to fear God but you don't want to be afraid of God because he's the only one you can go to. And he's handing out forgiveness and mercy. Have a direct relationship with God. That is Jesus' message here. Um, and be, it's because you know God cares about you and invites you to call him dad. Be a reader. Be confident. Be independent. Be like Sheba. Be like that black girl who is going to be at the judgment on the right side of things. She's going to be at God's right hand. Well, anyhow, Jesus is better than Solomon. And Jesus is better than Jonah. So if Jesus is better than Solomon and Jesus is better than Jonah, and if Sheba and the Ninevites listen to these people, then you need to listen to Jesus. That's the whole point. God does, does certainly has a sense of humor. Um, you know, Jesus is about ready to drop in. Hey, listen, man, you don't want to mess with this stuff because if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, you know, there's no forgiveness. There's nowhere else you can go. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that you ran around saying, Jesus Christ, you know, and that's not a blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus says, hey, man, people who speak a word against the Son of Man, and believe me, I told lots of Jesus jokes, you know, before I was a Christian. I didn't still tell Jesus jokes because God has a sense of humor. I can tell a Jesus joke. God's got a sense of humor. It's not the problem. In fact, I think I think Christians should be running around saying Jesus Christ, you know, like everybody else uses Jesus Christ as a swear word. I think we ought to be, be doing that. You know, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, you know, I, I don't know, because God actually has a sense of humor. He's, he says, listen, if you speak a word against the Son of Man, I understand that. I understand that. But you better be careful. You better be careful because the Holy Spirit is at work trying to draw you to Jesus Christ. If you keep if you keep denying what God is doing in the Holy Spirit, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, Jesus' Holy Spirit, the Father's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there to call everybody to the wisdom of God. Just like the Holy Spirit called Sheba to the wisdom of God, just like the Holy Spirit called, you know, snapped Jonah out of his funk 
and the Holy Spirit called the people of Nineveh, the Holy Spirit is calling you to God. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. You better think. Think, think. Don't be a fool and tell God that you're not interested in forgiveness. Don't be a fool and tell God you're not interested in him being your father. Don't be a fool and tell God anything other than I love you. Listen to the black girl queen. She did not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. She was drawn by the Holy Spirit to the source of wisdom at the time, which was Solomon. And Jesus is saying, I'm on the scene. I'm better than Solomon. So what does that mean? Who does Jesus think he is? Yeah. Well, once again, as I have always said, Jesus is making it very clear that he is the source of God. And you better think. And even if you've uh, said, Jesus Christ is a swear word, come on in. Come on in. Get yourself right. Come on in. Uh, the water is nice, the water of forgiveness, the water of relationship building, the water of a direct relationship with God through his words that he gives us is available to all. Come on in. The water is nice. Catch you next time.